Welcome to the Wharton FinTech Podcast. I'm your host, Anirudh Singh. Our guest today is Liron Zelka, co-founder and CTO of Lilly. Liron is a serial entrepreneur with extensive experience building products and managing development teams. Lilly is the all-in-one banking app designed for freelance workers. Lilly combines banking services with real-time expense tracking, tax tools, and financial insights to empower independent workers with the tools they need to stay in control of their finances while saving time and money. In today's episode, Liron and I talk about the thriving startup ecosystem in Israel, why it's so hard managing your money as a freelancer right now, and how Lily hopes to make freelancers' lives easier. Hope you enjoy the show. So hi, Liron, and thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Incredibly excited to have you on. Uh, how are you doing and where are you calling in from? First of all, thank you for your time, Anirud, and uh, I'm calling in from Israel right now at my home due to COVID uh, situations. Got it. And let's just jump right into it. So for listeners who may not know, could you talk a little bit about your career to date and how you became uh, involved in financial services and in fintech? So I'm not sure if you can see the photo, but I'm uh, experienced, let's call it this way. I've uh, been writing code for many, many years. I was a freelancer uh, code junkie for years. And as a freelancer, I always felt, you know, that banking was broken from what I needed as a freelancer and what my bank offered me. About six years ago, I joined a, a nail bank here in Israel uh, as a CTO and the, and the VPRND. And about three years ago, I've left and I've started Lily, which is a nail bank that is targeting freelancers in the U.S. And we'll jump more into Lily in a second. Um, but, you know, I had Matan Bar on the show a few weeks back uh, and I asked him the same question that I'm going to ask you, which is, You've worked for a few different startups in Israel. Israel is known as a fantastic location, arguably the best location in the world for startups. What do you think makes the country so conducive uh, for a startup environment? So th that's a great question. I can't talk for all Israelis, right? And then naturally, but I can talk about, you know, my close friends and my, my environment. And, and it seems that everyone is having a startup. I, and it's just like an ecosystem that multiplies itself. In my family, my, my father has a startup, my brother has a startup, and I have a startup. So dinner table is very focused on CAC, LTV, and other stuff like that. And everyone else feels just left out, I must say. But it seems like, you know, there's this ecosystem and it pushes people more and more into being, into opening their own startups. And everybody's talking about new ideas. So it's just, you feel more confident, I think to open your own because everyone's around you are like role models and everybody knows role models uh, that have startups. Yeah, definitely agree that it helps to have, uh, you know, there's, there's network effects of having people around you that, that work in startups as well. So let's jump into Lily then. You mentioned working as a freelancer and kind of noticing the pain point there. How did you decide from, you know, seeing those pain points to actually uh, co-founding Lily and attacking the problem directly? And follow-up question is, how did you meet your co-founder, Lila? So Lilac and myself know each other for like almost 25 years. I was with the, in the army with her and with her husband. So you go way, way back. But if I go back to, to my, my, to the previous point about, you know, that like the ecosystem, a lot of people I know around me are freelancers. And, and when we get together, there's always those discussions about, you know, how this is more complicated or how, which tool we're using to solve this and that problem. So invoicing, 
and when do you get paid and who is a good accountant and how much you pay for an accountant. All of those just created like a mass effect for me to feel that, you know, there is a need and, and people do need their bank to do something better than what it does. Banks say, give us your money, pay for the fact that I'm storing your money, but we're going to give you very limited services. And, and I think that as a freelancer, you really need the additional services. So that's what we, you know, kind of set out to do. Yeah, I, I dug into the freelancer space a little bit um, over the summer. And one of the things I was shocked by was the net 30 or even sometimes net 60 day payments uh, that get to freelancers, especially because it's such a growing part of the global economy. Can you talk a little bit about the products that Lily provides and how it kind of how those products tackle this problem? You know, as a as a freelancer, for years you would just you know write off at some point money that you understand that you deliver the service and the customer is not going to pay you ever. And it's not like you did a bad job; you did a great job. But he went bankrupt or any other reason, and chasing after the money is something that I personally hated to do. Hey, I, I always felt very uncomfortable doing that. So we started Lily and, and we thought, what were the main problems and, and what do we want to tackle? And we think we could do a good job tackling. And, you know, there's a bank, right? You've got a bank, you got a card, you got everything that you expect from a bank. But what else can you do? And one of the biggest problems for freelancers is the fact that you get money in your bank. You get, you see, let's say, $1,000 in your balance, but you don't have don't really have $1,000. What you have is $500 and a debt to the IRS for another $500 or $300 or whatever. And being who we are, you know, human, we'll spend $1,000. We'll never save those $300 uh, for the IRS. And the first product that we launched in Lily was a tax saving tool. Something that takes that for every income that you're making as a freelancer, takes a certain percentage of it, and we calculate it automatically based on how much money you make and where you live and so on and all those horrible tax rules. And we put that money aside. So it's there in your account, but you don't see it. So you don't spend it unless you just pull money, you do an active action to pull money out of this taxes saving account in, into your checking account. and. That by itself, you know, minimizes the risk of you spending over what you make. And that's like a huge problem. I must say that even this year, I, I'm facing this problem. You know, my wife's a freelancer. Suddenly you get a, a letter from the IRS saying you owe that and that amount. We paid an accountant. They made a mistake. And as a result, you know, 12 months later, we need to pay like tens of thousands of, of dollars or whatever. And, and you're saying, you know, Something is broken here. Someone should have done a better job. And, and we felt the bank would do a better job. And that's what we do at Lily. And on top of that, we built like tools to categorize your expenses. So work expenses are automatically deducted from the saving. And so you save what you actually need to save and not some arbitrary amount. That's where we started with uh, the freelance products at Lily. And what did the solution for freelancers look like before Lily? Like for your target customer base, were they just using Excel to sort this out or, or was there something else that they were using or just kind of, uh, you know, a shot in the dark? Excel is advanced. You, you use the shoebox. You, you took, 
He took all your invoices, all your, all your receipts, I'm sorry. You put them in a shoebox. And once a year, once a quarter, it depends. Or once a month, I don't know. You would categorize all the expenses. So people we interviewed said the rule of thumb was at one point say, anything below 100 bucks, we're throwing away. It can accumulate to $10,000 a year of, of expenses that you could file, but it's just too much of a hassle. And in Lily right now, every expense you make, you get an online push notification about it. And we're asking you, is that a work expense? And, and sometimes we, we know in advance if it is or not. And you can just swipe like Tinder. Is it a work expense or is that a life expense? And we automatically build the Schedule C report for you, which is a big deal. It, it can either cost money for an accountant to do that or can take you multiple hours to do it at the end of the year. That sounds like an incredibly sleek uh, user interface. Why do you think this problem hadn't been solved yet or still exists? Uh, do you think maybe banks didn't find freelancers to be a big enough customer base? Was the problem too difficult to solve? Just curious uh, why you think it was, uh, you know, why it still exists. We're always saying, you know, in Lily that banking has been around for, for 500 years, over 500 years, right? The first banks were in Italy, I don't know, I think 15th century or something like that. And, you know, there's like this inertia effect that you just keep rolling with the products that you have and where you make money. But in the last decade, there were tremendous changes in the way people work. And if you look at the last two years, that's, that's crazy on how many changes, you know, we had. We started working from home. People felt more comfortable and more confident working from home, working as freelancers with multiple customers. So they felt that if one customer is, is closed, they still have work. So a lot of trends just, you know, aggregated to now and the changes are happening now. now I'm not saying banks can't possibly do that, but it will take them 10 years to do that because they move so slow. And us in Lily and, and overall, I think, neobanks in, in general, we move fast. That's that's what we take pride in. And we under I I believe that we understood, you know, the market requirements really, really fast. And and we launched a product to fix those problems as fast as we could. Yeah. And earlier in the discussion, you mentioned talking about uh, customer acquisition costs, um, you know, with your family, it's also in startups. And that's always an interesting question for neobanks is, is CAC and, and unit economics. Curious how, how Lily goes about attracting customers. Do you partner with companies like Upwork that also offer other freelancer services? Is it mostly word of mouth? And, you know, kind of how did that differentiate maybe between Israel and the U.S.? Hmm, interesting question. So, first of all, you need the fact that Lily has, you know, both offices in New York and in, in, in Tel Aviv allow us to use, you know, the best talent that we can acquire in every geography. And right now, you know, we're, we're opening it up, right? You can, it's, it's, it's more of a global kind of thing uh, of where you hire talent uh, in this day and age because people just, just move around. So that's kind of from, from talent point of view, but, but from customers point of view, there's a lot of word of mouth. Uh, uh, because freelancers often know other freelancers. There is this network effect, and they are often sharing the tools that they're using. And, and I'm proud and happy to say that that it seems that at least some places, Lily is, in, is part of the discussion already. And and there are, you know, uh, uh, you know there's, there's Google and there's Facebook and so on. Concerning the freelancers' platforms, 
it is on our roadmap and, it, and it's, I would say, a process because it takes time to build this kind of relationship and to understand how this relationship should work. It's not very trivial to understand how, it, how to optimize it, but definitely there is a need. Think of the, the creator economy, for instance. It's generally associated with people who are younger of age. They don't necessarily understand it. They can file expenses and get deductions for it. Think of the implication of someone getting a check, you know, from a creator platform for $50,000, spends it naturally because, you know, we are who we are and, and we don't necessarily understand there is a taxes to be paid eventually. And then at the end of the year, he needs to pay 20K. Where will you get this kind of amount? So Lily offers a solution that creator platforms are, are interested in as well because it helps their creators and it, it maintains them on the platform too. So we see a win-win position here, but really defining the process is still something that we're working on. Mm -hmm. And can you expand a little bit more on how you view Lily expanding? So it sounds like you don't plan on targeting other customer segments besides freelancers. So uh, are you planning on expanding the product suite for freelancers? We just launched Lily Pro six months ago, which is like a platform for more advanced freelancers. It contains the invoicing and balance app capability, which is something like a small overdraft that we're offering just, you know, to get by. We're planning on expanding that, you know, a lot in 2022, both our basic offering and, and Lily Pro, because we feel that we only just, you know, tackle the surface of, of what we can actually do and what we can actually provide to our customers. It's not easy to be a freelancer. It's hard. You don't just work. You need to think about customers and where you're, bringing, where you're getting new customers. And it, you, know, it, it, you go with it, right? And we feel that in Lily, we can make your life easier. So we're trying to find, out, find places where we can make your life even easier. So that's what we're focusing on. But on the other hand, you know, freelancers is a, freelancing is a, is a global trend. You see it everywhere. It's, it's global. So in that case, you know, it's, it's natural for Lily to eventually be outside the U.S., but I think that's far from us, like years away, because banking is also very local in, in a sense. Like a bank in the U.S. has different regulations than even a bank in, in Canada or in Europe. So just doing something globally is, is very, very hard. Are there particular headwinds in the U.S. that you, you think make it attractive to offer a product for freelancers there? And do you see that existing in other countries around the world? Or is it kind of that the U.S. is ahead in the freelancer economy a little bit? So definitely the U.S. is leading the way, right? I think that the latest percentage is like, what, over 40% of Americans in, in the workforce work at least part-time as freelancers, that, that's huge. That's a huge number. And I think that doesn't happen in, in most countries. But the trend as a, as a trend is, is happening, right? It's happening everywhere. Uh, you can go to Upwork or Fiverr right now, and, and you'll be able to see a lot of freelancers that are working from, from Asia, from Europe, from South America, from Africa, it's a global world and it's a global trend. And, that, and that's something, by, by the way, that is just so much fun to see because suddenly someone somewhere can work with someone at the, the other side of the world. That's, that's huge. Who would have thought that was possible 10 years ago? So I'm curious about your 
partnerships with freelancer agencies. I, I, my understanding is that a lot of freelancers will work with an agency to get contracted. The agency gets paid first and then the freelancer gets paid. Have you guys con- like started to work with those agencies at all or considered it? No, it's not part of the roadmap of what we're doing right now. There are, I, I agree, a lot of freelancers do work through agencies and some of the agencies offer invoice factoring and, and stuff like that. We do believe, by the way, that... that Working with Lily and, and being able to issue your own invoices and getting maybe in the future factoring for these invoices, right? The net 30, net 60 effect that, that you've mentioned earlier. We believe that Lily solves those issues. So right now we don't work with agencies, but you know, the world is very dynamic. <laughs> it, it might change quickly. Yeah, I have to believe with the level of data you have on on the freelancers' expenses and their revenue, something like factoring could be definitely a possible product down the line uh, since you see kind of everything that's coming in and out of the uh, of the bank account there. Is that is that fair to assume? Yeah, of course. I mean, think of it. You know, the best place to get a, to get a loan is, is your bank, right? They see all, all your data. And, and factoring, in a sense, is, is like a loan. So... Mm-hmm. If we're seeing all the data that you have, your income and your expenses, then we could probably offer you a loan and, and have the least risk. If we have the least risk, then we can offer you the best terms. But we're not talking, you know, about directly about loans right now. We're trying to talk about money management. Let's let's take an example. You know, for many freelancers, this December, the holidays, is like a month with very little or no income at all, right? Or for some of them, December is like the busiest month of the year. So how do you understand if you're making 15K in December or in every other month you're making 10K? What's your income? How do you know how to expense? How do you know, how can you get a mortgage? How can, it's, it's very difficult to work this way uh, when, when every month your income can fluctuate. And this is, this is something that is very interesting for us in Lily. And, and we're trying to work around the data around it and productization of it because we feel this is the next, like, this is a big pain point for our customers and, and we would love to help them solve it. And I have to assume that your customer base has been even more impacted than the average uh, customer base due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Did you kind of hear that from your customers? Did you maybe see like an increased demand for your product because there was so much volatility and uncertainty in um, in income? So again, you know, freelancing in the U.S. is is a huge market. Some of them were were affected for the worst. Some of them for the best. Right? It depends on what you what you work in. So we saw a lot of customers that that have had significant more income uh, as a result of COVID, and, and some that that were hurt more. I can say that the trend of we're not going to leave the house or we're go- only, only going to leave the house for something that is important and visiting a bank branch becomes less and less important anyway, then that trend really drove a lot of people to to Lily and other neobanks too, I guess. And in addition, the fact that we offer a fee-free banking account Really, during the early part of the of the pandemic, when people didn't know what was happening and and they felt you know they were afraid, then the fee free thing was was a real differentiator. 
from banks. And you can see, by the way, that big banks are starting to starting to offer fee-free banking as well. But that was then. It, it's it's less of an issue now. But yes, definitely customers were affected to the extreme. You see people that are making four times more money than what they did before the pandemic. And you can see people that are making half. It's, you know, when you sit in a bank, you see, you have a front row seat to the you know, biggest change in economy in the last, I don't know how many years. Yeah. And, and speaking of these trends, I would love to zoom out a little bit and hear a little bit about your thoughts on the fintech industry overall. Are there any particular sectors that you're excited to see play out in the, over the next uh, three to five years? First of all, I must say that any change in the financial and fintech industry is great. You know, I love, I love living in this era. I mean, everything changes so fast. It's, it's, it's so much fun. I, I think that the trend of freelancing will increase, will, will, will continue to increase as we move forward because once you become a freelancer and, and you understand that the challenges, when you have tools, the correct tools around it, the challenges are not that big, then people will start, you know, will stay as freelancers, which is a big deal. So anything around that, anything around saving, because after such a change in the world, you know, people are, are still afraid and will try to save more and more. We can see this trend for our customers as well. So anything around there, I feel, you know, very confident that this will, you know, continue to, to grow rapidly. And then on the flip side of that same question, um, are there any industries that you think maybe are a little bit overcrowded or you're a little bit bearish on or you just don't fully kind of understand the hype around them uh, in fintech right now? So I think that anything that doesn't move fast these days is really going to suffer. If you don't adapt quickly to what is going on, if you're just going to stay and say, you know what, I don't understand crypto or I don't understand freelancing or I don't understand fee-free or or or, you know, no human touch or, or, or something like that, then you're just going to be left behind. I don't know specific sectors, but, you know, I see large corporations and I used to work for one, at least for, for a while. I see their speed and I'm extremely optimistic on, on how FinTech is doing because, you know, the competitors just, they, they move slow, just move slow. And in this world, that's, that's, that's a problem. And the last thing I wanted to do today was just ask you a few rapid fire questions to help the audience get to know you a little bit better. Uh, hoping to get answers here in about 10 seconds or less. Are you ready to go? Yes, let's do that. Let's do it. All right. What is a fun fact about you that most people don't know? I think that all my ideas come when I jog. Oh, my God. <laughs> Interesting. I usually can't think about too much besides, you know, breathing. <laughs> uh, what I is your favorite the week? But but sometimes I need to do it more, uh, yeah. you know, just to make sure that I'm focused. Yeah, that's great. Uh, what is your favorite book? Crime and Punishment by uh, Dostoevsky. That, that's a heavy answer. <laughs> it's a heavy answer for sure. I, I, that was my grandfather's favorite book as well. So interesting <laughs> choice. Yeah, yeah. What does um, it face me? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you have any New Year's resolutions? Try to sleep more, but but that, but I'll fail for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wake up very very early, like four yeah. or five a.m. and and I code for as a meditation. You know, mm. a day without coding is a waste of day. But I I really need to sleep some more. 
Yeah. Well, coding before everyone else wakes up sounds like a nice, uh, <laughs> nice way to get the day started. Yes. Coding yeah. then jogging. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's a pretty good start. Yeah. Um, what is your dream vacation that you haven't taken yet? So ever since I was a kid, I wanted to go to Antarctica. And today, you know, I'm thinking, well, it's, you know, I'm not sure how environmental friendly it is and, and stuff, but I would love to go. I would love to see Antarctica. It's yeah. Fun. I feel odd to see that. Yeah, it's definitely would be a, that's definitely a unique choice as well. Last question for you, and you can take a little bit longer on this one. Uh, what does success look like for you and for Lily? Well, ha, that's a good question. So I think if I summarize everything I said, we're trying to be very committed to our customers and, and their needs. And for me, success would be a better life for, for freelancers, something that you know takes away all the financial pains. So a success would be like a standard, if you're going to be a freelancer, you need a Lily account. And, and don't think about the financial you know, implications of being a freelancer anymore. Yeah, that's beautiful. I think one of my guests that I had on the show summarized a similar sentiment well, which is there's a lot of people in a lot of companies that love the art of what they're working on, but hate the financial aspect. And you know, there's people like you who focus on making that financial aspect easier. So I uh, really appreciate that. Liren, I think this is probably a pretty good place for us to wrap up the conversation, um, but really appreciate having you on the show and uh, we'll uh, look forward to watching Lily continue to, to grow. Thank you so much for the time, Lily. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Wharton FinTech Podcast. If you like the show, please consider leaving us a review or letting us know in the comments. It means a lot and helps spread the word to more listeners. If you want more content from our fintech community, please subscribe to our podcast channel and find us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Medium, and Twitter at Warden Fintech. There you will find interviews, articles, videos, and much more analyzing all aspects of the industry. I would also like to thank our editor, Raphael Austria, for his incredible work on our episodes. Signing off, I'm your host, Anirudh Singh.